0: and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile podcast, episode 60, a brave convo about your relationship. Hey loves, wow, I have had so many women reaching out about episode 59, your partner. Do they know the real you? I decided to call upon an amazing relationship expert to continue this conversation and take it to the next level. In this very special episode, you're going to meet my friend, Sharon Pope. Sharon is a certified master life coach and a seven-time number one international best-selling author, specializing in love and relationships. She helps women get the confidence and clarity they need to know whether they can fix their struggling relationship or move on without regret. Sharon has been published in dozens of online publications, including the New York Times' column, Modern Love. Now, you might be thinking, hey, 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 slow your roll, Roseanne. I'm not looking to leave my relationship. We're trying to have a baby. And I get that love. Don't worry. What Sharon and I are going to be talking about is going to help you hopefully never have to get to that point. Remember, good old Ben Franklin said it best, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's the idea behind the conversation that Sharon and I are going to have. One of the things I love about Sharon is she's a grown up. She is a grown ass woman in the way she talks and teaches about relationships. She's also a bit punk rock in the sense that she doesn't believe in compromise eek. You know that lame and boring shit that so many people tell us we have to settle for that if we are really honest only leads to resentment? Yeah, that. She will elaborate on that subject and you'll get a feel for why we have so much to learn from this amazing woman. Here's my conversation with the stellar Sharon Pope. Okay, ladies, I am so excited to be here with you today. I have somebody very special that is going to be spending some time with us, Sharon Pope. Me, Roseanne. You know I love you. Yeah. I am just, just, I've got to tell you, I'm so delighted to have you here because relationships on the fertility journey, I mean, that is something that is just, it doesn't get talked about enough. And I, I talk about it in my book, but I thought it was Just going to be taking it to a next level to have somebody like you here with us talking about the very real pressures that can show up in a relationship when a couple is trying to conceive or when issues of fertility are really starting to come up in the relationship because it absolutely shakes the foundation of a relationship to the core, regardless of how healthy your relationship is. And I know that from personal experience, but it would be great to get your take on this because you've helped so many women get the clarity that they need in their relationships whether it's to stay or whether it's to go or how to or if they choose to stay mm-hmm. how to keep that relationship healthy so i'm just delighted that you're here so let me give you some context okay so one of the things that i've noticed in you know in the lives of the women i coach is that once the reality sets in that trying to conceive is not going to be as quote unquote easy as they thought. There's a real uh, barometric pressure change in that relationship. The woman is looking at herself, you know, if she's with a male partner, he's looking at himself. Mm -hmm. It creates this, this intense sense of insecurity in the relationship. Like we had all these plans, we had all these ideas, are these things going to happen that it really changes the nature of the relationship? So it would be great to get some of your insight into how couples can really maybe take a step back and start to get in front of these sort of issues when they make their appearance in a relationship. So what would you say about that? You're right. It becomes like a pressure cooker. Because
1: there there's insecurity for the woman. There's insecurity for the man. There might even be blame when it's not working Mm -hmm. so well, right. Back and Mm -hmm. forth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Even the most rock solid foundation sort of relationships will get tested in a big way. And I think that when my guess is, and you tell me where I'm wrong here, but my guess is, is that once they realize this, they're up for that challenge. Like if, if I have, if I'm going to struggle with fertility and we're going to have to do some things differently, and it's not going to come, as you said, quote, easy to us, we're going to do this and we're going to, we're going to be able to be strong through this, but it does get tested. Your relationship gets tested. Your, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your partner gets tested. That trickles down into the connectedness that you feel with your partner how much you'll open up to them and be vulnerable with them how much you'll let them in about what you're feeling and what you're experiencing and it most certainly trickles down to your sexual relationship
0: yeah no absolutely and and it's funny because one of the ways that I describe what the fertility journey does to a relationship is it's like dropping an atom bomb right in the center of it because <laughs> it like scatters like i mean my husband and i when we first started i mean i married my soulmate my husband I am whole on my own, but when I met my husband, I was like, mm, gotta have babies with this man. I love, you know, I just was so like immediately drawn and, and you know, he felt the same way. And, you know, we met in, you know, my mid thirties and, you know, we were both in our careers, we both, both solid. And we were in this situation where we figured we could take on the world. Yeah. But when we started struggling with our fertility, it was like, all kinds of stuff, you know, we started to have to answer all of those killjoy questions because, you know, you as a relationship expert know like some of the critical um, issues that come up in relationships sex, money, you mm-hmm. know, family, you know, boundaries, all kinds. Like it was like this journey basically marched right through all of those things and tested us on so many different fronts. Mm-hmm. And so we found ourselves in a situation where. Yes, for us, our love was strong. Like there was no question, you know, and my husband told me early on, he's like, look, it's you and me, Mm -hmm. it's us. And so I had that foundation, but that didn't stop me from being really insecure for so many years. Like, oh my God, did he make a mistake? He married this old bird that can't produce a child. Like, I mean, yeah, I was an assassin in the courtroom. I was kicking ass in my career, (laughs) but I couldn't do what I saw the crackheads in the courtroom doing, like, I wasn't able to produce a child. Well, they would bring in, you know, a, a brood of six. Like wow. I, I tore, I tormented myself at, at, you know, and I was, and then I later found out that he was quietly tormenting himself about whether or not he was worthy. And, you know, is it him? It's like, it just really, we were suffering in silence. So, and I think you probably figure you, you know, as a relationship expert, that how dangerous that Cocktail of gross can be in a relationship that cocktail of insecurity and I would love to get your insight on that. you know how can a couple prepare or 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 create emotional capital amongst mm. them so that when they're faced with this that they can continue to draw upon that capital and build it up over what's going to be an uncertain period of time and a journey that is by its very nature uncertain
1: yeah I would. I think you know the intentionality that that you and your husband were able to rely upon during that time is probably what like kept that together and strong and connected for you. So you're going to probably look for like some some big action item that we need to take care of, but really it's like a checking in. It's a state of the union. It is a it is really being willing to talk about the stuff that that's going on within you, being willing to open up and Share parts of your soul that feel really private and vulnerable. But that's not going to just happen on a Tuesday night. Like, hey, how was your day? Mine's fine. What do you want for dinner? Like, you've, I think you've got to create space for that conversation to be able to happen. So, whether it's, you know, call it your Sunday mornings <laughs> or, maybe it's Tuesday night, but there's like some scheduled time where it's the two of you are checking in on a very consistent basis with how are you feeling? What's going on for you emotionally? What's going on for you physically right now? What do you need me to know? Mm. Things like that. Like we've got like, we've got to just open up those lines of communication with our partners and know that like, it's going to feel awkward. Let it be awkward let it be awkward because you will come. Cause here's the reality. If you don't do something like this and you just think, well, we're strong and we will put all this additional pressure on top of our relationship. And then we will have a baby and then it will just fix itself. It will magically fix itself. We are delusional because marriage only gets harder. Once you have a child. Well, that's so easy. true. Right. So now through the process, you've become so disconnected from one another. You bring a child into it. And now all of your attention and focus goes on that child and definitely not on the marriage, certainly not on the husband. And now the relationship just endures more trauma and you get more and more disconnected. And pretty soon the child's too. And you two are like co-parenting roommates.
0: Oh, it's tragic. Right. It's a a tragic outcome we
1: got to get intentional early on so that we're not like, this is a, this is a challenge to be addressed for sure, but we don't have to layer on more challenges on top of it. We don't.
0: Right. Right. And I love that because that, you know, I, I talk about that a lot in my book and I talk a lot about it, you know, in the way that I teach is like, look, we do the work now Because your family, this marriage, this, you know, partnership, whatever you're in is the foundation upon which you're building your family. Yeah. And so many people, if, if you haven't made mistakes in the past, you know, you're going to say, Oh, exactly. As you said this, you know, we're strong, we can handle whatever. And it's like, like anything, it needs maintenance. You don't keep driving your car when it's smoking, right? You don't, you don't not change the oil. You know, and we have to make those deposits of emotional capital so that when shit does get lean, that we have something to draw upon, that we have that trust, that we have that ongoing sense of connectedness, because there's another topic of, you know, the sex piece of it, because for those that are trying to conceive naturally, you know, when you've got pressure in the relationship, there's also this pressure to produce a child in a very narrow window of time. Oh right, and around probably the most the most uncomfortable
1: topic that no one wants to actually talk about, right? Sex, right? So yeah, it just makes it even more difficult, Um, and it puts more pressure on. So if you're not connected emotionally, and then you're not connected physically because we're only having sex like twelve times in the forty eight hours that we're ovulating, and never again because why bother? Like. We're here to do a job, let's do the job like then the problem is, and this is gonna sound harsh, but honestly, I feel like we should say it is that you're bringing a child into a structure where they look to mom and dad for everything, including how to love and how to be a partner, and mom and dad are now super disconnected physically and emotionally from one another, and the child didn't has to be brought into that like we gotta take care of that. it really is like it's a it might be blasphemy to say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway.
0: You do really you, baby.
1: What, it really is what your husband said. Like, it's us first. It's us first. Because yeah. if mom and dad aren't happy, what do you, like, the child's just gonna magically be happy? You are the foundation for the family. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's such a, it's, a, it's a, a tough subject, but I think it's one that deserves attention because you, like, if you allow your relationship to go to shit while you're trying to conceive and you expect it to magically get better once the baby comes? Yeah. You're basically tap dancing on thin ice because there wasn't enough care put into the foundation and and that that basis upon which you're building the family has not been nurtured. It's been run dry. Yeah. So, how can I mean, what are some of the ways that you encourage the women that you work with to really assess and take stock in that and be willing to do the work. Because one of the things I hear consistently is, you know, I'm taking all these supplements, I'm getting all these treatments, I'm driving all over creation to get to my doctor's appointments. I don't have time to pay attention to my relationship, Yeah, which, you know, which makes sense, but it misses the
1: point. Because it's one more thing. Right. Look, I have got so much on my plate. I can't tackle one more thing. But if we go back to your premise that nothing thrives when you turn your back to it, I don't care if we're talking about a child, you can't turn your back on a child and expect the child to thrive. I don't care if we're talking about your bank account, turn your bank, like I'm never going to look at you money, but I want you to be there when I need you. I don't care if we're talking about a house plant, nothing thrives when you put no attention to it. And what I can tell you for sure, most people, when they get married, they stop putting attention into the marriage. And they turn their attention to what they want to create next, which might be a family, which might be a home, which might be a career. Now you layer like some insurmountable stress and the the cocktail of insecurity, as you were talking about, you layer that on top of it. And you just think, well, the marriage will support that. But what if it won't? That's the thing. Like, I mean, I can tell you for sure, most people do not contact me when they're in a fertility struggle, right? Because they're focused on the fertility struggle which makes total sense. The problem is they contact me five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road because they've never even recovered from that. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't take, it doesn't take this enormous effort. It takes some intentionality. How about 30 minutes once a week? Yes, Right. Like how about just something now make little deposits. Now you water your house plants maybe once a week, like, can we do that for the relationship once a week?
0: Yeah. It's like compound interest for your relationship. Yes. It's yeah. like it it builds incrementally and you know, it's it's one of those things that I think needs to be said and I, I mean that's why I'm so grateful to have you here because speaking in those terms and being willing to look at your fertility journey from a global perspective. It's not just about the conceiving, it's about who you are becoming, it's about what your relationship is becoming. Mm-hmm. That frankly, I think that the the best moms are the ones that really get in front of this and yeah. say look i am looking at motherhood and i'm looking at parenthood from a global perspective i'm looking at my relationship with my partner my relationship with my body my relationship with yes. myself and because we as women are the keepers of our relationships we get to that's lead right. in the home what do you yes. think about that i love that that's i mean if we start
1: looking at it not as a burden but as i get to do like i get to lead this I get to be really clear about who I am and how I want to show up in all of my relationships because that is, I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, when we're on our deathbeds, like, that's, what's going to matter is did I love, was I love, like our relationships are what is so, so important and how we feel about ourselves is it impacts every element of our relationships.
0: So what are some of the ways, okay. So like, let's say for example. a a woman is in a relationship where being vulnerable is not an easy thing. You know, most of my ladies are lovably type A control freaky professionals. We're super in our masculine. And when we come home, we are coming into a situation where maybe continuing to operate in our masculine is not a great idea. (laughs) But I mean, especially when you're trying to conceive, right? I mean. That's what I catch a lot of my ladies doing. We're trying to have babies like men. We're trying to get pregnant yeah. like a man. So yeah. let's talk a little bit about, you know, just little... the one thing
1: that only women can do,
0: right? That right. Is
1: purely feminine, but we're going to approach it with all this masculine energy. I think so. I am a let's call it a recovering. <laughs> Very aware. I don't, I don't. I don't know if I refer to myself as like type A. Certainly not controlling. I don't, I don't do that anymore, but you're in recovery. It, you're right. That's right. Um, <laughs> I need a meeting so am I. every once in a while.
0: Yeah. We're um, having our meeting right now. Yeah. Right. We're both in place.
1: <laughs> but I for sure can bring masculine energy without thinking about it. It just comes very naturally to me and it has served me in many, many ways. It's not like it's a bad thing. And frankly, I couldn't just turn it off completely. Even if I wanted to now I can think of it as these dials that I get to play with is that I can be in my masculine when it serves me. When it comes to like moving things forward for my business, getting things done, serving my clients, like all of that, I can do really well from my masculine. When it comes to being in relationship with my husband, that doesn't serve me. It doesn't help me have the kind of relationship that I really want. So there are times when I have to like amp up the feminine dial and dial down the masculine. And it's all, it's not, as soon as we get rid of the idea that one is good and one is bad and one is powerful and one is weak. As soon as we get rid of that mental bullshit, now we are all of it. We get access to all of it, but we get to choose. You have to get intentional about it.
0: Mm. So how might somebody become intentional? Because like you and I understand that language, you know, let's be intentional. Okay, Sharon. Sure. So let's talk. give them something concrete to work with. If you are going to be, let's say, intentional mm-hmm. about changing your approach in mm-hmm. your relationship, because maybe you have some suspicion that things are becoming a little stressed and, and yeah. you know, maybe you're a little bit off track. Let's start first with this, because we're just talking about it now, like dialing up the feminine energy. What might be okay. a first step in that? And then we'll go into some other directions.
1: Okay. so. I am a creature of habit. So if I can do something consistently, then I'm just more likely to do it. Like when you and I talk about meditation, like if I get up in the morning and I do that, like then I continue to do it. So when I am in my masculine most of the day and I want to intentionally start dialing that down, I might start cooking because cooking is creation and all creation comes through feminine energy. I might sit outside, be in nature, some, like some form of nature. I'm an air sign. So I'm like all about like the wind and the air and the outside, you might take a walk, you might cook dinner and then take a bath. Like whatever it is that allows you to soften, Mm -hmm. read a book, but staying in what we often do is I turn off the work and then I'm like, okay, now we need to get these things done. Kids, you need to have like your homework done. You need to get this done. I need to get dinner cooked. And it's all still continued masculine energy until you lay your head down on your pillow at night. Right. So whatever it is, like, it's a very personal thing, but I would say all forms of creation, I don't care if it's painting or it's cooking or baking or whatever, that, that is feminine energy. Baths are one of those surefire ways to like get there pretty quickly. But yeah, yeah. I'm not sitting around in a damn tub that's so unproductive. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, pleasure isn't productive. And pleasure is all about feminine energy. And if you think about it, the only way you can allow feminine energy is if you can trust. Well, if you don't trust, like that's the that's what's underneath. I don't trust anyone but me. It's gotta, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen through my action. So, I can't possibly trust that all this oh,
0: Mind blown right now. I mean, right? and then I've got to control. If I don't trust, I have to control.
1: Like, this is where it all goes wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, well, it, it's like, I, I just love this. It's like, you know, that we just exploded the onion. We didn't just peel layers, we just exploded this onion because. Atom bomb of the onion. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, so much of that the trust, the, you know, all of the stuff is like a critical aspect that you have to have on this journey. Yeah, You know, not just in your relationship, but you know, about, you know, we're only focused on the relationship piece, but it touches on so it has a ripple effect in right. so many different directions. It so-
1: will happen for you. You
0: can trust that all is well. You can trust that your body
1: knows how to create this. It has known it since the beginning of time.
0: You can yeah, dress. that's so, I mean, that's so true. And it's like, and I love that you're really, that you're talking about the femininity and about being creative, because if we go back to the point that we were starting to talk about with you having this window of ovulation and it's like, get it done now, dude, we got to make a baby. It's like, there's nothing about that that is receiving yeah. or in the feminine at all.
1: None of it. None of it. So you've got two masculines Debate it like battling it out about who's going to be more masculine in trying to create what is the most feminine creation that exists on the planet, a child. <laughs> like, yeah. And to just like take our foot off the gas a little bit and relax into it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and it's so funny because women hate hearing, you know, just it, it's not that we're saying relax and it'll happen. That's too simplistic. It's not that at all. That's dismissive. But what yeah. we are saying is is allow your feminine energy to come into the picture because you had said something to me in the past. It's super
1: powerful, by the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you think of goddess energy, goddess energy is badass powerful, yeah. right? Like yeah. Beyonce is super feminine and she's a badass. Like yeah. it's just a thought that if I soften into my feminine or like we were talking about surrender, like then I'm weak and I can't possibly be that. Like, That's not what we're saying. It's actually really powerful.
0: We yeah, mean. well, you, you think about people who, who are enlightened. Mm-hmm. They have a softness about them. They're not worried no. about whether or not something's gonna happen. And they don't have that lack and scarcity cloying energy that's like gimme, 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 like mm-hmm. that guy that really liked you in high school that now needs a restraining order, like, you know, where it's like, give it to me, please love me. It's it's none of that, right? Right. And so I think that that is so applicable to that narrow window of time where we're trying to conceive where, you know, if this doesn't happen, it's never going to happen. And then we look at ourselves, we look at our partners, you know, we get so, you know, agitated that it can literally make the act of trying to create a baby, a job, a duty, yeah. like you had said, yeah. And talk about a killjoy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, first of all, Let's just look at it like this it's not any fun <laughs> you're not having fun doing it like it's just not and it's not healthy and it's not going to help you create the like you had this dream of the family when you started this journey it's not going to help you create the pieces to that dream on the other side of this if you just kind of, if you don't spend some loving energy and attention on the marriage yeah it doesn't get yeah. easier after a child is born. It doesn't because now the child is now number one, not the marriage, not the husband. By the way, it was something I read. So I follow Esther Perel's work. I think she's brilliant in many ways. <laughs> um, and one of the things that she talks about is that children, like babies are created from passion and babies will be the first thing that will kill the passion in your relationship. Um, <laughs> I like talks- that. But one of the things that she talks about is the, the idea of touch, you know, there's been tons of studies on physical, like human beings, we need to be touched. Right. And if you think about it, once you have a baby as a woman, you're being touched all the damn time. Right. Like the child is attached to you many times throughout the day and evening you're kissing their little fingers and their little toes and their little cheeks. And you're just like, and at the end of the day, you don't want to be touched at all. Like, wow, you're touched out. And your husband is like wanting to touch you. Cause guess what? Men don't even have the kind of relationships that women have. They might go a whole week with just a few handshakes. Like they don't hug their friends. Right. And so if their wife isn't touching, the wife doesn't want them to touch them. And now he's just sort of like out on this island where mom and baby are just touching and touching and touching. And they're, and the baby is now number one. And by the way, he'll never say anything because he'd be a jerk to say something, right? right? It would seem very childish. It would seem very self-absorbed for him to say anything. So he just won't say anything. He'll just subjugate his needs for the next several years. And then, but what's going to happen is that he's going to just drift away.
0: Mm. And after
1: a while, that's when the two of you start functioning like roommates and you resent that he even needs that or wants that from you because you're like, just, he's another person that needs something from me. And that's not, that's not how it should be. Right. Because if the, if the marriage was central, if the marriage was important, it's not that he needs something from you. Right. Then, then you have to protect that. If someone's trying to take something, you have to protect it. And that's when we withhold. Right. Like it just causes all these issues when we just don't get clear about making the marriage central to this process.
0: I think that's so profound. And I'm I'm so just delighted that you're, you're explaining it in such a clear way, because it's, I, I think any woman listening to this, I, I hope that y'all listening are taking some time to just process this information and think to yourself about how important your relationship is and how, look, you know, what you're doing by its very nature is expansive. You're you're wanting to expand this love. You're wanting to expand this. But what's necessary for that expansion is that elasticity, you know, your relationship elastic in that way, that there's plenty of love. There's plenty of nurturing. You're continuing to go out. You're continuing to check in with your partner yeah. and you're preparing it to expand in so many ways, because think about it: if you just had a tiny rubber band, like if yeah. we think of the the analogy of your just the two of you to hold the two of you together, you just need a small rubber band. But yes. when you're adding a baby or babies, you know, if you're doing fertility treatments and you may have multiples, <laughs> yes. you're going to need a bigger rubber band. Well, you have to have the wherewithal to be able to expand that without it snapping. Yep. And if you're not allowing for you know for bigger, better, smarter inquiry, that shit's gonna snap. Yeah. I
1: love that. Expansion requires elasticity. Yeah. I never heard only, of it that way before, but that makes so much sense.
0: Yeah. I mean it, it's, you know, as as I'm processing this, I'm like, God, you know, we were everything about having a family and everything about your work where it's like, you know, asking women to look carefully at their relationship. Yeah.
1: I think the question is, will I be happy? will I have, I know I'll have the child. I know I'm going to make that happen because I make things happen, but will I have the relationship that I want?
0: Yes. And I think sometimes what happens is the relationship as we're talking about gets lost in the mix. And that question about, will the relationship be there falls to the wayside until it starts to get too late, just to your point earlier. And because we love our women, we don't want them to get to the point where they have to do that, right? right? To have to be in that place where, oh shit, I haven't, you know, I'm, my husband and I are roommates and here we are, we've spent all these years trying to make a family and now we're on the brink of it possibly falling apart.
1: Well, it's funny. It's the, it's the vitamin versus the pharmaceutical analogy.
0: Ah, uh, so, Yes. I'm willing to about take
1: that. a vitamin now <laughs> so that I can be in good health so that I don't get sick or do i wait until i get sick and then i need the pharmaceutical and then it's it's pretty invasive and it's got lots of side effects and all of that like i wish more of us myself included were willing to take the vitamin
0: yeah because
1: it's so much easier it's so, like yeah. it's not expensive it's not difficult it's mildly uncomfortable sometimes like ugh, i just don't want to like sometimes like literally if i when i take a vitamin I don't know. Like if I take it on an empty stomach, I feel kind of sick for about 10 minutes, so I don't
0: do it. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, last week's episode on my podcast was about, does your partner know the real you? Mm -hmm. And, and I would love to get some insights from you, especially on, on some of the topics that we, we face on this journey that it's almost like, all of the things that we freak out about in our relationships are are, you know, it comes out in one issue, right? So fertility brings up all of this money, time, relationship, boundaries with family. And you know, one of the things I mean, it's I like it's my, like what else? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like that's why I say it's always literally like dropping rock. it out of bomb in the center of your relationship because everything is rocked. And one of the things that I hear a lot about is. You know, women struggling with, you know, my husband's gonna think I'm crazy if I wanna go to the mat. You know, I want to do everything I possibly can. I'm taking this to the, you know, the nth degree. I want to do everything I possibly can on this journey. Mm -hmm. You know, how am I gonna tell him that? You know, what if he's not on board? What if he doesn't believe in doing IVF? Or what if what if he thinks that, you know, all of these treatments I'm getting, this coaching I'm getting, all of this stuff is just he just doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. Like What are some of your ideas about how a woman can communicate effectively with her partner who she really is and what she really wants out of this chapter of their lives together?
1: Okay. (laughs) It's, um, you cannot abandon yourself. You cannot abandon yourself. You cannot abandon yourself through this process. So if that is the case where what is true for you is that you will go to the mat and you will do everything that you need to do. And that's what feels right for you. If you ever back up from that, you will regret it and you'll probably blame him. And he won't necessarily pick up that blame. But through that, you pointing it at him, this is your fault. This is why we don't have children. This is why I don't have the life that I want. There will be resentment and the relationship won't last anyway. Yeah,
0: he's gonna find out. right? Right. Like,
1: it's not going to be a big secret. So you cannot abandon yourself, but what you can do is be present with like, here's how I feel and how you feel about what I'm, how far I'm willing to take it is actually not my business. This is a big question. (laughs) That's why I hesitated at first. I was like, Oh, this is going to be like a hard one to
0: communicate. Oh no, but I love it though. I love it because I mean, This goes to the heart of, of being that great woman that took a stand for what she really truly believes. Because I mean, I come across women all the time who are like, you know, my husband says, you know, we can't invest more than $10,000 in this journey. And it's like, huh, what if it takes 15, right? What if it takes, I mean, it's all of these arbitrary limitations,
1: Right they're just thoughts, they're just random thoughts that like this is worth like so for instance, think about it like this. It's worth it if I can get it for ten grand, but I am willing to live the rest of my life without the family that I wanted if it's eleven grand, like no yeah,' <laughs> just a- it's just a thought, and so when you don't hold so tight to these random everyone is thinking these random thoughts and they think them as if they that is law and that is truth no it's not it's a perspective that's all it is and so you get to feel how you feel you get to want what you want i think when it comes to something as important as a child we're not talking about like where we're going to have dinner we're not even talking about whether or not we move across the country we're talking about whether or not we're going to have a child if you If that is something that you will go to the mat for, you can't back off from that. And because you will blame him, you'll blame your partner and the marriage won't last anyway. And then you, so now you won't have the marriage you want. You won't have the family you want. And then it'll be everyone else's fault when really it was, you place so much emphasis on someone else's perspective. It was just a perspective. He gets to choose. Like the thing with relationships Is that it's a choice. It takes two of you to actually be there. The minute one says, nope, I'm out. But isn't that important information? Yeah. Like that's really, before you go having a child with this man who's like, nope, not 11,000, just 10,000. That is my limit. And that is all there is. I will live without this thing for the rest of my life because I didn't want to, like,
0: that's really important information. Yeah. Well, it's also really important information if you have a partner that is going to put a, an arbitrary limitation like that on. Yeah. You.
1: And we're using that as an example, but I mean, it right. also could be like, he doesn't share your perspective. Maybe he's very thoughtful about that, but he just doesn't share that perspective and he's not willing to, um, give me a, like, I'm trying to think of another example.
0: Well, Another example could be like, uh, you know, some, you know, a lot of women come up against this issue with their partner. Like, she's like, Hey, I'm over it. I'm totally available for a donor egg and you know and the 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 partner is like mm, if it's not our 100% our genetic baby i don't want this baby oh yeah i'm not doing it and and one of the things that that is is so pervasive is women are just terrified of owning the truth hey yeah. dude i am willing to do whatever it freaking takes can't you see it's hard enough for me to have made this decision but i am so open yeah. i so want this family i'm willing to do it And then they're afraid they don't, they don't tell the truth because they don't want their partner to go away because they don't want the answer. Right. And we stay
1: stuck there in this, I want this. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't want that. It has to be a hundred percent us, or I don't want that. So here's what I would do is instead like back away from that, because there's no, that's like, there's a dead end there like until one of you caves and now neither of you are going to cave in terms of that and i think compromise sucks anyway.
0: <laughs> <I think, laughs> oh, say more about that. Say more about that cuz that's like the exact opposite of what everyone has been taught is I mean, like nobody gets
1: what they want. Like let's just both water our needs down and our desires down enough so that we can compromise so that we can stay together and not blow it up. Instead, like i'm like step away from it and go okay. I want to understand what's going on with Inside of you, like why do you feel that way? You clearly feel strongly that the child has to be a hundred percent you and I. Otherwise, it's not a child that you want to raise. I genuinely want to understand where that comes from. What's going, what's going on for you? And just ask lots of questions. Get underneath it, figure out what's going on there, figure out what's really important to them and what's not important to them. When you can step back from that and try to understand it and then he can try to understand your perspective. Well, now we can become much more creative problem solvers inside the relationship. It's not just like, I'm willing to do this. And he's like, nope, I'm not. Figure it out. We're at a dead end there. But now if you step back and you're like, look, our relationship is at stake here. And I need to understand why you feel the way you do because it also tells me who I'm married to and what your values are and what's important to you and what's not important to you. So this is, this is a really important conversation to have.
0: Thank you for being so brave. Well, I mean, it's not, it comes naturally to you. It's not really about bravery, but there's still bravery mm-hmm. to be willing to say, Hey, don't back off of that. Ask about it. Get Ask curi- it. Yeah. Get curious because it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, it doesn't mean that anyone has to lose here because look, He's gonna find out. He's going to find out. He's going to figure out who you really are. Because, you know, the relationship is gonna disintegrate because you'll be mad at him. You'll be holding it against him. Yeah. And it, it just, it's a recipe for disaster.
1: Or if he only loves the woman who's willing to subjugate her needs. So that means you're what? Going to subjugate your needs for the rest of your life just so that the relationship doesn't crumble? Like if he loves you and you're the one who's willing to subjugate your needs, then who he loves doesn't actually really exist. He loves a a version of you, not the real you. Wow. That's last week, you know, like, don't be afraid. Like it's just a perspective. And when we hold it a little lightly, like my husband has a perspective that it has to be a hundred percent. The baby has to be a hundred percent us. That's just a perspective. Don't get so scared of it. Dive into it. Try to understand it. That's
0: important. Right. Right. Oh, that is, uh, that is just so brilliant. And it's such a, it's such a breath of fresh air to be able to speak that and to Mm -hmm. not be in a place of constant compromise, particularly where your part of the equation is not considered. Well, and let's back it up with
1: your, you know, the title of the podcast is fearlessly fertile. If your husband says, I'm not willing to do that, whatever that is, and you don't dive into it, the only reason you don't is fear.
0: Amen. Lightning strike right there, Sharon Pope in full effect. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I mean, and so it it's I love where, you know, what you've done here, Sharon, is you've really given us a lot to think about. We've talked about, okay. Don't make that that narrow window of conception a duty. You yes. You're feminine. Like, you know, don't run your, your relationship until it's, it's running on fumes and virtually empty. Because when the baby comes, do you really think that your relationship being in tatters is an awesome, you know, foundation for that family? Yeah. And then don't yeah. back off of who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're going to find out Mm-hmm. one way or another, and just trying to hold something together that might in the end need to fall apart anyway, it mm-hmm. is, is a recipe for regret, regret that we don't want to have on our deathbed when we're 130.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Wow. That is some Sharon Pope truth. So Sharon, my gosh, you've, you've given these ladies so many things to think about. Hell we covered the, some ground. I know sure. we sure did. We sure. I mean, we could go on for. We could do marathon of this, but we could. We'll give, these, we'll give these women, you know, a taste of your brilliance. And so, tell us a little bit about how everyone can get a hold of you, because obviously, you know, if if you're finding yourself in a situation where your relationship is facing some challenges, you know, mm-hmm. speaking to someone with a level head like you, who who knows something about creating a great marriage and, and learning these skills that ultimately can help create a wonderful foundation for a family, being in contact with somebody like you would be incredible.
1: No, oh, that's, that's very kind of you. So I wrote, I wrote a bunch of books but I wrote a book um, called stay or go, and you can get, you can go to Sharon Here's the thing though. It is marketed towards people who are in indecision and you are probably not in indecision. You're not thinking about leaving your marriage because you're trying to have a baby, which makes total sense. But here's what I can tell you. The approach I take in that book is that a woman leans into her relationship in a much bigger way to see if it can be resurrected from the dead. Right. Right. So I teach you all my very best relationship tools in that book. So you
0: may as well use them now.
1: Why not? Right. So the title may not speak to you, but the content and the tools that I teach in there will absolutely speak to you. So that's one place to begin,
0: you know, use them now before your shit's on the brink. Like
1: that's right.
0: That, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's that's right. vitamin, <laughs> it's vitamin, not the pharmaceutical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being with us. And I know that the women listening to this are just going to love it. So thank you. thank
1: you so, so much. This is incredible
0: while wow, love's wasn't sharon just phenomenal she's certainly given us a ton to think about and a ton of opportunities here to really dig our heels in and take a stand for the best that is possible for us in our relationships so make sure that you go to sharonpopebook.com and check out her work there and remember there's never been a better time to be looking at the way you are living your journey Your thoughts, beliefs, actions will lead to your results, my loves. We got to get all of that in alignment. You just may be surprised at how quickly and how much more intelligently you can get there with the right help. Between Sharon and I, we got you covered. My loves, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind, and body. Let's make your mindset bullshit-proof there's never been a better time. I work with women who make decisions, not excuses. I'll only be taking a finite number of women under my wing this year. So if you want your spot to apply for your interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology is to help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, my love, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.